1: Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And, uh, Father, we thank you for blessing us, giving us discernment and understanding of the days to come, and teaching us mightily through this wonderful revelation that we're going to share. And um, we're going to call this Eve's Killer, number one. And um, I want to share with you a powerful prophetic message given back in February of 2018 that is in the middle of coming to pass right now. This revelation is twofold. It represents Eve as herself and In some points, Eve as the bride. In the dream given to Eve in 2016, she was attacked by the factious leader and fell into faction and was alienated from all that she loved among us, which just recently happened. In the dream, she describes her mind being taken over by the factious leader's demons, of unforgiveness, criticism, slander, and so forth. And, of course, it was against the brethren. And then being separated from us, she explains there was no way out of this faction trap. It was too quickly to go to David and Michael In the very beginning of this demonic infestation and have it cast out. Well, in real life, recently this did not happen because she was trying in her own strength to deliver her sons from the factious. And in hiding this from us, she was taken down to their level. She broke all the rules in Scripture that she was to stay separate from these possessed people. Titus three ten and eleven says, "A factious man, after a first and second admonition, refuse, knowing that such a one is perverted, and sinneth, being self-condemned." Romans sixteen seventeen and eighteen says. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and turn away from them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Christ but their own belly, and by their smooth and fair speech they beguile the hearts of the innocent. James 3 and 16 For where jealousy and faction are, there is confusion and every vile deed. Philippians 2 and 3, doing nothing through faction or through vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, because usually it's very proud, each counting other better than himself. And Romans 2 and 8, but unto them that are factious, and obey not the truth, but obey unrighteousness, shall be wrath and indignation. Psalm 101 and 5, Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I destroy. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. All you have to do to be infested with these demons is to disobey these words to separate from them and instead listen to their slander or read it, all of which has their faction and witchcraft attached, to say nothing that it can be just spoken to your mind in thoughts and you must cast it down. And uh, if you ignore these things, you will be factioned away from everything and every one good. You will have no love for the Word and have no conscience and will fall into perversion as all of the rest have done. This is consistent as we have seen this happen since 2010. And this cleanses the body of those who fail the love test. The factious Satanists deceived Eve and are not giving her back her sons. And, of course, they can't because they work for Satan. So, and in this deluded state, she is joined with them and doesn't care. But we're praying for her, and she will overcome, and Jesus will give back her sons because she will return to him. And she will be back to Jesus just in time to be in the bride. In the dream below, uh, she is the off-white mare horse, representing doing her own works that was killed by the factious leader and was then resurrected. So listen carefully to this revelation and then listen again. This is a terrible plague which destroys whole families. We're going to call it Factious Leader Kills Eve. Well, I have an unusual
2: experience um, here. It's kind of like in the Bible where God gave prophets of different experiences, which were demonstrations of his of the prophecy, so to speak. And, um, well, Eve Brast had one of these back on the 6th. And um, it was for the purpose, I would say, of diagnosing and escaping uh, from faction. And um, I believe it will be a blessing to you. And I'm just going to share it with you. And and then um, some things that will help you to be prepared for the bride. And this is, of course, one of them right here, because this is separating people from the bride as we speak. So he said, I wanted to share an experience I had with a demon of faction to warn the brethren and to help them to more easily recognize when this demon is trying to attack their minds. You know, uh, in a time... When the Lord is interested in making his people one through sanctification, Satan is always trying to divide the strength of Christians. But God also uses this to sanctify the body. And uh, we're, of course, called to teach against sectarianism and faction of all flavors, um, which are the works of flesh, as Paul called it. So she said... Around the 1st or 2nd of January, I had a dream that I was in uh, the vehicle of a man that I know. And, you know, this part about her knowing this person is a, a familiar experience we've had with faction. Uh, we know and love people who have lost their battle with faction and become like someone we do not know. And uh, it's, it's always amazing to watch the process and, and heartbreaking. And so we'd like to see as many people escape it as possible. Anyway, she said, he was in the driver's seat, and I was in the center of the back seat. The front seat of his vehicle was like a bench seat of a truck. And I was leaning forward with my elbows rested on the middle of the front bench seat. Uh, I was, uh, of course, she's talking about the middle of the back of the front bench seat. And I was trying to help him find where he was going and pointing the way. The car wasn't moving because he was distracted by looking at me. And I kept trying to get him to focus on the road so we could get going, but he just kept looking at me. Well, you know we always try to get those overtaken infection to look at the word, which is the way. Right? That's what she's doing in this revelation here. It's the way of life. But the spirit in them is devoted to causing us to stumble. And especially to take down the bride. They know these people are going to be a danger. And the devil has sent them to do this. Take down the bride. Uh, Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brethren, if, if a man be overtaken in any trespass... You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Looking to thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Okay. So, I mean, there is a danger in uh, in helping these folks. In fact, the Bible says, A factious person after a second admonition, First and second admonition, refuse. Refuse them. There will come a time when God may help them but he is he he is uh, separating them from the body he is chastening them he's making them wish they had obeyed so there's a time that God has them and he's going to keep them so make sure you're in God's time and you don't put yourself in the way of temptation right she said i started to realize that he was looking at me and smiling in a lustful way and i began to feel awkward well those spirits lust to defile the bride which is typed by Eve here, who was the bride of Adam. And Jesus is, of course, the last Adam. So Eve represents the bride. Um, I noticed that he had on a black coat, representing putting on the works of darkness and hiding in darkness. Because these people cannot confess their sins. It's everybody else's problem. They're, they're, the, they're the whole problem. That's, they, they, they never admit any wrong. He suddenly grabbed a, uh, a hold of me and kissed me. And as he did, I felt sick inside and defiled. And, of course, when faction is in a person seeking to conquer us, they come on very sweet as if they are our best friend or our lover. But they begin to subtly slip in slander. That's how they impart their demons. And if this is received instead of cast down, the, the demons enter in. Okay. She said, Then I went and found Missy Pollock in the restroom at David's house and talked to her and, and told her what had happened. And I asked her, What am I going to do? I don't want to be around any of the brethren because I feel so uncomfortable and awkward now. Uh Aha! See, that's one of the first signs that the spirit has entered in. And you need to do something quickly. Uh, The effects of a spirit of faction make one uncomfortable around the righteous. You know, wolves come to divide the flock. And their intention is not fellowship, but devouring the flock for their own lusts. And uh, and for their lord, Satan. And um, anyway, she said, she asked me if I told anyone about this yet. And I said, only her. And she was trying to help me figure out how to handle the situation. Well, when a person feels uncomfortable or awkward around people they once loved, they should seek deliverance immediately. Not hide out. That's the worst thing you can do. But the devil, that demon tells you, To do that, to hide out, back up, get away. You know, you can see them backing towards the door when they're infected. It's so idiotic, but they do it. They show themselves very easily, and uh, they're backing towards the door, okay? Which is good for you because what they've got is a poison, you know, and um, very destructive. And some of them have been in it many years, actually. And it's destroyed them and their families. She said, "Then someone came and knocked on the restroom door and told us that there was a flood coming, and that we, that is UBM, needed to move all of our vehicles to higher ground to get them away from the flood danger." Yeah, there is a. We've. It's been described in different ways. A flood of sewage, <laughs> because um, the you know the dragon sent out of his mouth a this flood to take the woman down, right? First you tried the man-child, and then to take the woman down, right? So, um, yep, it's a flood. So we were all out in our vehicles trying to get them to the tops of the highest hills we could find. And th- this represents sanctification. That's what it represents. Because if you're sanctified, there ain't nothing the devil can do against you. And after this, the flood waters came very quickly. Uh, according to this, um, a flood of destruction is about to come and, and take some away. We must uh, get to high spiritual ground, heavenly places in Christ, to be safe from Satan's devices, especially through men. And believe me, there is some really nasty stuff prepared by the devil to come against Christians very quickly. And you need to be righteous and you need to be in the secret place of the Most High. And uh, this may be a, a confirmation of Michael Hare's dream of a faction uh, coming to separate from the bride those who spiritually don't move to high ground by abiding in the secret place of the Most High. And this is like uh, the two men standing in the door in uh, in Michael's dream. They They said, this is a, there is a bad spirit of grace in this place that needs to be cast out. Oh, if I could just tell you how that describes the factious nature. They will give grace to no one for nothing. They judge, they criticize, they slander, they do all these things. It's a It's a demon wanting to destroy God's people and test God's people because obviously you're being tested when somebody's doing this kind of stuff to you. Are you going to obey the word, right? grace is the farthest thing from them and and grace is not what they get because grace is not what they give so they dig themselves deeper and deeper and the opposite of grace is is law like the pharisees they stand in the door of grace but feel uncomfortable to enter in and anyone who tries they hinder jesus said you know they sow legalism and criticism and judgment and so they've reaped this curse unto themselves. They go under the law, so they reach the curse of the law. right? And if you do go under the law, by the way, many people, especially leadership, who fell under this curse of faction went back under the law. As much as they learned about what was wrong with the law, it didn't make any difference. Uh, They were blind. They went back under the law and started putting everybody else under the law. So that's uh, when you see... um, Judaizers and and criticizers and mixed together, um, you know, stay far, far away from them. These are people that I have faction. She said, when I woke up from this dream, I was very distraught. It seemed so real. My mind wasn't at peace anymore. And worry and anxiety came over me and sadness also. So, you know, one... Can never be justified before God in this state. You're justified through faith, and grace is what gives you this. Okay. Well, fear takes the place of faith. Um, these and, and criticism are signs of faction. I told David and Michael about the dream after the morning prayer meeting and asked them to pray with me for this factious man. Right. So we all agreed and uh, bound up any demons that might be in him. And uh, so let's cry for mercy for the factious, that their eyes be opened to the necessity of forgiveness and love. And only if they believe that will they get delivered, because it, these demons will come right back. If a person's unforgiving or critical or holding things against other people because of what they've done to them, or even if they didn't do anything to them, which is pretty common, too, just because they didn't like them. (laughs) So, anyway, as the next week wore on, I noticed that I was beginning to think negatively and critically about my UBM brethren. All their flaws and mannerisms became distorted and exaggerated to all my senses. It became painful to listen to their laughter and the liberty in the Lord. Oh boy, this is this is just so very descriptive. I began to feel like an outsider and like I didn't belong. That's exactly what happens as soon as faction comes in. Is you don't like the worship and you don't you feel like an outsider and that you need to go somewhere else and that demon will tell you you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> and I started to feel alone and cut off and sad. So this is exactly the fruit of the factious way. Early in the week, every time this demon would accuse someone to my mind, I would initially think that it was my thought. Yep, that's that's exactly what it does. It, it makes you think it's either that, or it goes the other way and says that it's God speaking. God told me this and God told me that when it was just a demon spirit. So this is common. But by uh, Thursday I realized that it was a demonic spirit that brought these thoughts that were lies about my brethren. Just baseless accusations. And I began to cast these thoughts down every time they came into my mind. And say, no, that's not the truth. The word says, love thinks no evil. But the thoughts kept coming more and more, like a barrage, a constant assault. Droning, on and on, complaining to me about different brethren. Yep, the norm when these spirits enter in is they seek to wear you down with slander and criticism. And and if you give in, you're gone. I mean, gone. And it's not just you. Your family's gone. Just listen to me. I know the facts. They, uh, the family automatically gets it. and You have to cast them out or seek help to do this and do it quickly. And mo- more than anything, the foundation of it is forgive. Because if you're not forgiven, you get nothing from God. This became painful to me, to my spirit man. I felt defiled inside and wondered what was wrong with me. After the morning prayer meeting at the end of the week, Michael Hare asked me if I was okay. And I was surprised that he asked me that, and my knee-jerk response was, Yeah, I'm fine. I just have a lot on my mind. But when I got home, I laid down, and in frustration I asked Father, What's wrong with me, Father? And I heard him say, It isn't you. Then the scene from that dream flashed in my mind when that man or demon kissed kissed me. And I thought to myself, that's where it entered into me. And I, I need to tell Michael and David and expose this thing. This was the key. Yes, the key is drag them into the light destroy them. Always seek help immediately. These spirits seek to possess you quickly, so you must move quickly. Don't be embarrassed. Don't let the demons tell you, no, don't don't talk to so-and-so, don't talk to anybody spiritual or anybody that can cast the demons out, that's what they do. Or especially don't talk to David. (laughs) As we know for a fact. So I typed up the whole experience and sent it to David and Michael. And the minute I hit the send button, I felt that evil spirit shoot out the back of my head. The minute I hit the send button. Well, they hate the light because it's destructive to them. A person in faction hides their sins and blames everyone else for them. In uh, John 3 and 19, we're told, And this is the judgment that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than the light, for their works were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, and cometh not to the light, lest his works should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that his works may be made manifest that they have been wrought in God. Amen. And first John one and seven says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship one with another. Action is to stop fellowship and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin so you get cleansed and if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us and if we confess our sins he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness one thing you cannot get somebody with faction to do is confess their sin they will confess anything they think is your sin which is a bunch of delusion but they won't confess theirs I instantly felt relief and all the bad feelings and anxiety and the feeling uh, of being cut off and separated from fellowship with my brethren just melted off of me. I felt so light and happy again, like a child. I felt warm love flow back into my heart, the deep love that Father has for us, and I was able to feel it again. I was no longer separated from my brethren. So love of the brethren has returned. First John 3 and 14 says, We know that we have passed out of death and into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby know we love, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born or begotten of God, and knoweth God. Everyone. So, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. God. For God is love, verse twenty says, and if a man say, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar; for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen cannot love God whom he hath not seen and uh, chapter five, and verse one. It says, Whosoever loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So let me just give you a little warning here. When a factious spirit is cast out, it will seek to return. And you may think it's all over. We've cast it out. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But it will seek to return. And it will be successful if its legal right is not removed, which is the sin of unforgiveness, criticism, anger, jealousy, bitterness, you know, strife, pride, all these things and on. And without repentance and deliverance it will be able to return. He said, I'm very grateful to our Father for allowing me to experience this trial and see the stark difference between a factious, critical person and someone filled with the love of Christ. Well, Amen. A hundred percent Amen. She said, I asked Father for a verse for this experience and received uh, Psalm seventy four Nineteen through twenty-two. Remember this: that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that a foolish people hath blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the wild beast. (laughs) I'm sure that's what Eve felt like, you know. Forget not the life of thy poor forever. Have respect. Unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of violence. Yes. O oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and the needy praise thy name. Arise, O oh God, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee all the day. She said, "I pray that this will help my brethren to recognize and overcome these factious demons." And um, well, God sends factious spirits to cleanse His body, but you're still held accountable if you're taken by them, and you're held accountable if you don't fight against them. In verse Corinthians five seven and eight it says, "Purge out the old leaven." Listen, what God tells you to do, He does. He said, Purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, even as you are unleavened. For our Passover also hath been sacrificed, even Christ. Wherefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Amen. So, my advice is to get help quickly, if you feel infected in these ways. You have no forgiveness from God with these spirits and no benefits of the kingdom. Um and you, you you could have some serious troubles with the things that are coming upon the world. So go boldly to the throne of grace to receive help and go to the mercy seat, right? We have the the victory in Christ. Eve was given this to warn those who do not overcome. And um Well, please take this seriously, because I do. We've been getting the same message for some time. The time of the inspection that the Lord told us about is here. Everyone must seek the Lord without distracting idols with all of their heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, don't be distracted. That's the command of Jesus, right? And the inspection is the one in Esther when the bride is chosen and was separated from the rest because they held other things above their love for the Lord. And we know what to love the Lord is. It's to keep his commandments. The test is, are you going to keep his commandments? Do you love him enough that you uh, pay attention that you want to please him and you keep his commandments? You know, the women in Song of Solomon were lukewarm in their seeking after the king and and missed their calling to the bride. Oh, if they had a chance to do it again, right? Also, there is a subtle form of idolatry which brings a subtle form of faction which is doing this separation, separating the bride from the others, right? And Michael Hare had a dream about a faction that left few standing in the bride at the end. And this has been happening over uh, a few years in a very, very serious way. And now, because of much sanctification in the body, problems are being narrowed down. And we're expected to give up all that is not in Christ. We can't draw the line and say, oh, thus far and no no further, Lord, you know. No, he wants you all. And, uh, you know, I've been grieved and, and uh, fear for those who don't seem to know that this is happening. And But the Lord has said uh, to me, uh, you know, fear not. This separation has to happen with those who don't repent so that the bride will be glorious. Just like Matthew 13 uh, you know, um, gathers the tares and bundles to burn them and so that uh, the the people who are standing in the light, you know, get more and more glorious, right? And, uh, and, of course, the bride is getting glorious in order to go into the king's house and intercede for the body, right? Just like Esther. I mean, their prayers are answered because they are beautiful to God. And so just know, saints, uh, my prayers are with you, and and I pray that you seek God with all your heart and repent of any idol that stands in the way. Um, The prize of the high calling of God is worth all that you lose of this old life. Give it up. Give up something you can't keep to get something you can't lose. Right? I believe the final selection is upon us. And I got to tell you that actions speak louder than words. The love of some for the Lord and and the brethren is totally lacking. And yet you, you can tell by actions. You know the um, some dreams that we received of the inspection and the choosing. I'd like to share just pieces of them with you. I just pray that everybody makes the cut. And and. And forgive everyone from the heart if you really want to do this. These a couple of dreams, pieces of a couple of dreams here I want to share with you. The the horse that manifested death to self at the hands of the factious was chosen to manifest resurrection life as the bride. You know I'm just using portions of these dreams to point out the particular point I want to get across, and that's. Um, The spiritual crucifixion, sanctification, and resurrection of the bride. And uh, this was Eve. She said, I had a short dream that came three times. I dreamed that three times that a couple of inspectors will be sent very soon to inspect UBM. I was back on the second. We were all standing around the UBM house talking about this and how to get prepared for the inspection. Some were anxious about the inspection and didn't feel ready. Well, just remember, if our heart condemns us not, we have boldness before God, right? Um, others were confident that we would pass the inspection. We were all discussing what to clean up and how to go about it. Well, praise the Lord. I pray that you are thinking on this in this way and that you're not distracted. I mean, you, you listen to this teaching today and tomorrow you'll forget it. If you get real busy and you don't put it to work quickly, you'll you'll forget it and it will be worthless and and by that time, you know, time will have snuck up on you, right? And I heard the voice of the Lord behind me say, "I have seen your ways and your doings, and I know the hearts of all men." He said some things, too, but I can't remember the rest. So let's say this, that nothing can be hidden from him. So you need to confess it, right? Confess it and you will receive deliverance. And then Belinda Anderson had this one back in January. I had a dream this morning that began with me looking out my back door into the pasture beyond. And this particular pasture is home to seven horses. And I, we believe this is representative of the seven churches. As I was taking in the entire scene before me, I suddenly saw a movement in the distance to the left of me in the pasture. I saw a man with a shotgun sneaking into the back of the pasture. I looked at his face, and he appeared to be very angry and agitated about something. His face looked distorted to me, as if he were demon-possessed. Well, this is a pretty good description of the factious and the judases, you know. He discharged the shotgun, and the off-white mare fell to the ground with a large bullet hole through her heart. Off-white here means that they will only become white through the crucifixion by the Judases, right? God's got a purpose in everything. Vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. He has a purpose and he has a use for everything. Pray that you be not a vessel of dishonor because the end is uh, terrible, right? And suddenly this horse began to stand up which was just amazing because it was still bleeding from that large gunshot wound. The onlookers were amazed as well, and I looked at their faces, and they were just astonished. Yeah, they, um, in the the full dream, were converted through witnessing this change in this horse, which is the bride, the Philadelphia church. Then I watched as the old mare began to walk. Slowly at first, and then she began to pick up speed until she was running at a full gallop all around the pasture. The pasture could be the field. The field is the world, Jesus said. And she was running like a yearling again. And the Lord had restored this horse back to her youth. Well, that sounds a whole lot like Joel's restoration, right? Amen. That is an awesome promise. You will store all things that has been taken from his people. And this is resurrection life of Christ in you. Amen. Well, this next one is very interesting too and it's very important. And we called it, Let no man take thy crown. This was given to Eve on the 7th. The Lord is only using me in this dream, she says, because of my name. And David because of his name. Amen. That's right. I certainly am not manifestly perfect, and I hope I will attain to the position of the Bride of Christ, but it is all dependent upon our obedience to what He requires of us, right? Father is the only one who knows what is best for us and what will truly make us happy. Father has given others warning dreams for my family also, and by His grace I will overcome and pass my own tests. And I'm nobody Only a messenger. And, of course, I agree totally with Eve. I I am only a lowly messenger who has to pass my own test by God's grace. Right? Amen. Amen. So, uh, but we have a job to do, as we all do, for the Lord. And um, we want to be found faithful. Right? Good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Uh, She said we were all at the morning prayer meeting with David and Michael at the mountain house. And the house was a little different, uh, though, in the dream. There were no stairs or closet uh, behind David's chair, but more seating and more people were there seated behind him. And I believe this is representing those who observe this warning parable in larger UBM because, you know, in uh, local UBM, obviously this is... a Place we are, but um, these other seats are, are a, a, a wider circle. <laughs> larger UBM. David was sitting in the maroon chair that he used in his UBM Bible study videos, the famous chair. <laughs> and the chair was in the spot where he currently sits at the morning prayer meeting. And the, those studies were, by the way, saints uh, to sanctify larger UBM. In other words, that's what they were all about and um this parable addresses those who aspire to the high calling of the bride and you do you desire this more than anything else? Oh, please run after Jesus now and David was dressed in very fine white linen representing our spiritual husband, Jesus. she said, "The son of David, right, and of course the the man-child ministry that's coming. He was standing next to his chair facing a woman in the seat next to him. Now, this woman could be anybody. It's, it's actually anybody that this is a warning to anybody not to lose your position in the bride. He was standing next to his chair facing a woman in the seat next to him. And he very lovingly asked her to do something or was requiring something of her. She then folded her arms across her chest and raised her head and stuck out her chin and absolutely refused his request, just like Queen Vashti did. Well, that's interesting, and it's obviously that the Lord is uh, fashioning this parable after that. You know, in type, Vashti rejected the man-child Davids who are God's messengers here. And so she was rejecting Jesus and the Father who live in the man child Davids. The messenger is nobody. It's the one in the messenger that you better be careful of. Because John 13 and 20 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. So be careful how you treat the messengers. Remember Jesus' parables about how they mistreated his messengers and how he destroyed them for it. Well, Vashti had no love for her head or the people to whom she was a bad witness to. Uh, many are rejecting the call to go before the king. But they have idols, which are things that they love more than being called to stand before the king. Luke 21 and 34 Says, but take heed to yourselves, lest happily your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, or overindulging, right? And the things of the world—you say they might not be sin in themselves, but overindulging in them is always sin, and it's always keeping you from running the race, right? Overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come on you suddenly as a snare. Because if you waste your time, it will come upon you as a snare. Redeem the time. The days are evil and getting more so. And verse 35 says, For so it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. And there is a difference between those that dwell on the face of the earth and those that dwell in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the book of Revelation, there's two different peoples here. Those that dwell on the earth are earthly people, and those that dwell in the heavens. Even though that physically they are on the earth, they are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And verse 36 says, But watch ye at every season, making supplication, that you may prevail to escape all these things that shall come to pass. And to what? Stand before the Son of Man. That's where we're called. To go and appear before the King. Right? And if you don't escape all these things, you're not going to stand before the king. So there's all kinds of things set in your way as tests and trials. And, and if you overcome these things, you'll stand before the king. Amen? And that is an awesome, awesome thing because you'll also escape the beast. It's like Esther did when she went into the king's house. She escaped the beast. And she was able to be used by God to save her people. What a high privilege. And is it worth losing our life? Who is it that was chosen to have resurrection life? It was that off-white mare. <laughs> and, 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 and she manifested the death that gave to her resurrection life. Resurrection life is going to be apparent. It was a shock to the people who saw the difference before and after to this mayor. Right? It was a shock. And they were converted in the original longer dream. They were converted because of that. So, wouldn't you like to be the vessel... The Lord uses to bring the conversion of many. The Lord even spoke to Peter about his conversion, right? Because conversion is more than just one toe in the kingdom. You're converted to what? You're being transformed by the renewing of your mind into Christ. Into the body of Christ. Amen? Well, again, this... uh, He then became angry with her and cast her out of his house and told everyone there that this is what happens to the rebellious ones, just like King Ahasuerus did in Esther to his rebellious wife. Amen. So it's just following along here with the parable. And we were all very sad at what happened and hung our heads in despair and david then pointed to me that's eve as a type of the the new bride and and told me to come up and take the woman's place next to him well that's that parable is as we teach in the book man child and bride parables or prophecies excuse me man child and bride prophecies we Teach that it is a prophecy of the end time, an amazing and astounding prophecy of the end times. And even Haman is getting ready to do his job. Okay, and uh, she said, "I feel the Father is warning that some are in danger of losing their position in the Bride if they continue to ignore the words and dreams and admonitions Brother David has been given from God." Yep, it don't have anything to do with me, folks. I'm just a messenger. It has to do with what is God saying to you out of me. And even in spite of me. <laughs> so please make sure that you don't have idols in your heart. Or Father will allow you to be deceived and to go your own way. Well, amen. Isn't this, when I mean, we have come to this particular point in history, the most astounding promise. Supernatural promise. Gifting and promises given to the bride for overcoming, for uh, being faithful to run after her Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God. Astounding promises. And forever this bride uh, will have the honor of sitting by the king and the memory of, of many, many souls saved. Because God was able to use a cleansed vessel. And one cleansed vessel can do more than thousands of lukewarm vessels. It's just the facts. Look at Jesus. He's our example. And... um. We should let nothing stand in our way. Every idol needs to be pushed back. You say, David, I have to take care of my children. Well, that's part of your job, taking care of your children. Don't let the devil condemn you for doing things that you're called to do. You understand? But in it, work as unto the Lord. Do that job as though you're doing it for God. Because you are. And uh don't let condemnation come into your heart if you're following your conscience. And if you're taking care of your responsibilities. That's all part of it, you know. But some people think it's they're responsible to just run after the world. So their family can have every toy and so on and so on. No, no, no. That's idols. That's idols. And these will keep you from the kingdom. Lay aside the sin... That so easily besets us, right? And run with patience the race. You know, you can't wade down with all of these things and extra responsibilities that are just vanity. You can't run after the king. Get light. You don't need all that fancy stuff. You just need a few things to do your job, right? And by the way, I'm telling you this economy is collapsing as we speak. It is crumbling. The yen is falling. That was one of the signs of the near end. Okay, is the yen dropping and you know, it's just it's it's all crumbling. The Lord says, Okay, you 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 couldn't seek me in prosperity. Maybe you will seek me in poverty and so he is the whole world is going into a wilderness whether they like it or not. And all this is for the sake of God's people. God's people don't seem to grow in prosperity. They seem to get further and further from God and fall into more and more sin, you know. But when persecution comes now that's a whole different story. They run to get under Jesus, right? Amen. Because that's a safe place. And so call on the name of the Lord. Ask for grace. Cry out. Listen, God hears the cry for mercy more than I think most every other prayer. I'm so impressed when you ask God for mercy. What you're saying is, I don't deserve it, Lord. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I deserve your chastening. But I ask you for mercy. Boy, I tell you, that's an awesome prayer because it just brings the power of God in to the scene. People think that they've got to earn their blessing from God, and you know, and they're set about doing that. But thing is, you cry for mercy. If you cry for grace, He'll give it to you. Everything you need, He's not expecting you to come up with anything. He will give you everything to do. What he wants you to do. He will work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. He will give you the will. He will give you the power to do it. He will give you the faith. He will give you everything. It's all by grace. If you're not praying, you're not getting these things that you need. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You need to pray without ceasing. You need to always be thinking about the needs of others around you and yourself, and praying to God. Because he says, You have not because you ask not. Wow. How much are people missing out on because they just merely don't ask? And he says, Well, you're not going to get it if you don't ask. And you may ask for things that you know are already given to you in the Scriptures. Well, that's the the way you know you can have them is because by stripes you were healed, for instance. You know, you may ask for things that the Scripture says you already have. Well, ask and then believe you have received. That's what Jesus said. All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them. It's literally past tense. And you shall have them. And this is the way we're going to live through this wilderness. Many, many Christians, so-called, are going to pass away because they don't know the Word of God. My people are destroyed for lack of understanding. They don't know what the Word says. And so, obviously, studying the Word, praying, crying out to God for mercy and grace, staying away from faction because you're just totally set aside and totally useless the whole time you're in that. You have wasted time you could have used in growing closer to God. And a demon has taken control over you. Or demons. Usually it's not just one. It's a bunch of them. If you have any of the symptoms that um, Eve was speaking about here, um, first ask God for help. Tell him you do not want this. You want to love your neighbors. You want to be an overcomer. Cry out to God. Run to somebody to pray and cast demons out of you. If you can't do them yourself, and you may not, the devil, first of all, he's going to tell you, you can handle this, you can handle this. But no, you go get some help. You find somebody and have them cast them out. And it'll ruin your whole family, I'm telling you. It'll be not a spiritual... Answer, there will be no faith left. There's no faith in that family. There's no miracles in that family. Everything is back to the flesh with them when this, when that spirit enters into that house. I know a man who, who grieved because of his own perversion. He brought it into his house and his children got it. He brought that spirit in with him and his children got it it was a sad thing because they were good kids. And you can watch kids go just totally down the drain because of what their parents have done. Well, Father, have mercy on us. Send your mercy, O Lord. Your grace, O Lord. Father, I pray that the brethren who are listening here and have a desire for you, that you grant them the desires of their heart, Lord, and that uh, they be in the bride, that they not be rebellious. That they be submitted to you in all things, Lord. That they overcome. And Lord, that all comes from you. It's a gift of grace through faith which you have given unto them. So Lord, we ask you to fill the brethren with faith so that they may receive all of the grace that they need to be overcomers. And to be in the king's house. Not much Haman can do with you in the king's house, right? Praise be to God. She had authority. She had the ear of the king because he was enamored with her, right? (laughs) And so he listened and turned the whole course of history. And truly, without this, we are headed towards major disaster. The great plans of the devil through his leadership on earth. He is desired to destroy all of Christianity. And they have a plan to do it. And they will attempt it. And they will succeed with a lot of Christians. And you must be in the secret place of the Most High. To be under the shadow of the Almighty. Right? So, Father, we're asking you for that mighty, mighty grace that we need. To all be sitting next to the King. Praise be to God. To appear before the Son of Man. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, that if you will work in us to willing to do of your good pleasure, Lord, we know we will be there because you are almighty. Nothing can stop you. And we thank you for your kindness to us, Lord, and drawing us and causing us to seek your face. Lord, put a desire in our hearts to every day eat our manna, Every day, our Armando from heaven. Every day, the word of God. Every day, um, pray. In fact, it's good to do both at the same time: read and pray. And say, "I like that, Lord. Give me that. How about that? Yeah, I'll take that too." You know, <laughs> you know, just uh, desire more of God. Ask that you may receive. Ask that your joy may be made full. Right? Ask, ask. God's big enough. He can handle it. We love you, Lord. Amen.
0: What can quench my thirsting soul? Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in. Jesus.